Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Hope Federer, who's Senior Director of Professional Services at MercuryGate. And today we're going to talk about 3PL challenges and, and trends, how technology can deliver value. Now, we talk a lot about how customer expectations are becoming more you know, stringent, more demanding across all industries. And that's certainly true in, in the 3PL industry as well. I mean, you know, companies are relying on, on the 3PL partners more than ever to help them succeed in today's marketplace, uh, which means that 3PLs have to keep pace with their customers, uh, you know, expectations and what, what's being required of them. So, you know, how can technology help 3PLs and their customers drive business value? And, you know, wh where can technology help in this whole area? Well, that's the main question we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have uh, Hope with us in the program to share her insights and advice on this topic. So I uh, hope, welcome to the program. Thank you, I'm really excited to be here and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this topic because it's near and dear to my heart. Oh, yeah. absolutely, and it's been, it's been quite some time since you were last on the program, so, so it's great to have you back on. And you know, obviously there in your role at, at MercuryGate, uh, you, know, you work a lot with, with 3PL, so mm -hmm. what are you hearing from them today uh, in terms of market opportunities and challenges that they're facing? Yeah, so from the market opportunities, a lot of our 3PLs are taking that opportunity to really dig into some of the shippers and the vendor suppliers that they've been working with and really try to penetrate that more so in the avenue of any of those shippers that have their own transportation department. How can they outsource that? Really becoming a partner in that aspect with those shippers and vendor suppliers. And the real market sell to them is enabling them to focus on their core business and transportation isn't their core business. And of course they're selling goods or shipping goods and the cost of freight is always incorporated into that opportunity. So how can they reduce the cost of freight? So providing that service from a 3PL perspective definitely is a foot in the door. And if you actually become almost an extension of that shipper or vendor, then any of their growth opportunities that they're considering, new products that they're looking to market out there, you really can become a member at the table to talk through. So that's where a lot of the opportunities have started to come in that I'm participating in with talking to some of our customers. The other area really is produce. I'm seeing a lot of growth in the produce market with 3PL stepping in. Um, really participating in there and that becoming, you know, transitioning over really into that niche market. You know, having a target in a niche or a specialized freight that you're providing a service for um, really increases the demand for your services, especially from those customers because they know that you understand their business. And they don't have to reiterate to you every time they bring on a new 3PL, you know, what's needed. They should be able to go to you and you guys are already in lockstep. So that's a different shift that we're seeing. Um, some of the challenges though, and this has been a challenge for years and it continues to be a challenge as the retirement rate continues to increase along those long haul drivers and the younger drivers that are stepping in really are looking for that quality of life balance. So wanting to be home on the weekend. So a lot of the carriers have started to regionalize their business. So that can have positive and negative impact on the three PLs, you know, especially if they've been working with a carrier for an extended period of time, right? Readjusting you know, what that footprint is with that care, where, where can they utilize them, but also enable them to do target selling into that customer market because they really have a good, strong relationship with that care. But again, it definitely have positive and negative, especially if the carriers are limiting their space and then the 3PL has to go out and find a new um, carrier provider to meet their business needs with those customers that they're supporting. 
Yeah, no, a lot of great points there. And you know, certainly, you know, when you look at the transportation environment, it, it continues to, to change you know, dramatically in terms yes. of the number of modes that companies are using now, right? It used to be yep. pretty relatively simple, right? You know, it might have been full truckload or maybe some mix of LTL, but, you know, now with e-commerce and companies shifting more to, you know, smaller, more frequent shipments, you know, that's really changing the, you know, the mix for, for shippers in terms oh, of- Oh, absolutely you know, moving their product to market. And, you know, by default, that's, you know, uh, uh, putting new requirements on 3PLs in order to be able to find that. I, I love what you mentioned early on too, you know, in terms of 3PLs looking to position themselves as partners, um, oh, yeah. not just as a, um, you know, a supplier or a, or a, a logistics service provider. Mm-hmm. But, but really in order to do that, you really have to win the, the, the trust, win the, the confidence of your customers that, you truly are going to be an extension of their staff. You're really going to you're really going to care about their cust you know their customers' customers um, and, and being able to meet those those uh, customer requirements that that they're facing you know yeah. as well. Um, so from from a transportation you know standpoint for, you know from, from a transportation management systems uh, you know standpoint, I mean what what capabilities then are, are most important for three PLs today? And uh, are there any different today than they were yeah. maybe five ten years ago? Yeah, so we'll piggyback on something that you just said. The 3PLs definitely are starting to diversify their portfolio to what you're mentioning. You know, not only from mode of transportation, but also the types of freight that they're transporting. We used to see previously that 3PLs really kind of had those spaces. They were either in automotive or they were in retail. They really are starting to expand and touch a variety of customer bases um, in that support model. And with that comes the demand and the need on the TMS. So really being able to have that application that I'll say meets the standard operating procedures of each one of your unique customers is really key. Um, But also to be able to perform reporting. That's a big one from 3PL perspective. Um, Not only reporting from your internal, but an external. You need to be able to run KPIs on your carriers, KPIs on your customers, and especially if you are truly that third-party provider and the transportation arm of those shippers, those carriers that you're working with, you maybe are negotiating rates on behalf of your customer. So those report outs back to the customer on the carrier's performance really are key. So being able to have an application that's going to bring that to the table and, you know, manage that. The other aspect that we're seeing from a supporting aspect within a transportation management system for 3PLs is they really have started to dip their toe into the brokerage world. So doing a little bit more, you know, transactional freight, not only with their existing customer base, but potentially a new customer that they're trying to penetrate. So they're doing a few one-off type moves. They need to have that brokerage capability of speed to market, those types of things. So those are some additional, you know, nuances that they're needing from a transportation application. The other one is rapid onboarding. You know, how can I do um, that credit management while still rapidly onboarding new customers. So all of those really play into what they're looking for from a TMS perspective. Yeah, and also certainly, I mean, the diversity of modes that they have to deal with right now, and you're talking about, you know, in terms of their growth opportunities, like you said, whether they're growing through mergers and acquisitions or they're growing, you know, organically and looking to expand, you know, the customer bases, you know, customers in automotive have very unique requirements and different modes and, and so forth than in retail, let's say. And, and being able to meet that diversity of, of customer requirements, not only across industries, but even within industries, because every yeah. customer is kind of unique. You know, you know, one of the things I always hear about is that kind of that flexibility, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of being able to meet the, 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 
very unique characteristics of each company of each industry um, is something that is almost by default today table stakes because in order to be able to be a successful 3PL, you're going to have to be able to meet that diversity of needs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So from, from, an, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, them putting together the business case, you know, for TMS, I mean, what are the main benefits that a, that a 3PL should expect from a solution? Yeah. So from a solution, I mean, really, you know, to kind of build upon the conversation we're already having, it really is that process management, you know, in any new application, every customer provider that's looking for a TMS really is looking to streamline as many processes as they potentially can. You know, have that solid foundation, but from a 3PL perspective, not only do you necessarily want to streamline your internal processes, you don't want to have any negative impact on those external standard operating procedures that you have in place with those customers, right? So it could be the scorecarding, the tracking and tracing messages, those types of things. So really being able to standardize while still meet those specialized operating procedures. Automation is a really big thing that you know, they should be looking for in any TMS. You know, being able to automate from carrier selection to you know, the freight tracking and tracing, you know, expediting that process, and really doing that management by exception as much as possible. Um, control tower visibility comes into play there, right? Multiple customers in a 3PL space, you need to be able to have visibility of all of the customers while still the capability of drilling down into each one. Um, you know, we kind of talked about the diversity of freight, but it also with the transportation management system from a 3PL perspective, they really need to have a diversity or capability for diversity of users logging into the system. Who's logging in? Is it internal? Is it operations, finance, and then external? Do you have your customers logging in, your carriers logging in, your vendors, your suppliers? Those are really key. Right now, again, 3PLs are truly trying to build up that business opportunity and having customers being able to log into your TMS and almost self-help and execute freight is, you know, kind of the best of both worlds. So that's a really big one that they're looking for. And of course, integrations is key. You know, kind of circles back up to that automation to an ERP, WMS, OMS, of course, EDI, API with the carriers for tracking and tracing and rating. But the other one that really is, I think, an afterthought for most people is rating. You really, in the 3PL space, you have very simplistic rating to the more complex to almost tiered type pricing. Um, those avenues, and that's the other thing, and I failed to mention it earlier that we're seeing in the 3PL space and the customers that they're working with, you know, not only has fuel become you know, more diverse in how you rate it in a few, several years ago with breakthrough fuel, you know, and then you have your fuel indexes, it's, it's additionally. Right, so everybody is coming up with new ways to execute rates on how to haul freight. So it's from the carriers to the customers and ensuring that that TMS has what's needed to support the business and the prospect of where the business is gonna go is gonna be key from a rating perspective as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, I think, you know, it's not only what's happening today, but, you know, we talked about flexibility and, and, and being able to, you know, uh, a handle whatever might be coming yeah. down the road, you know, which, which, you know, in some cases we don't know. Right. So, but, right. but that's, right. that's, uh, you know, having a technology platform that's able to kind of uh, respond to whatever changes in the market, you know, take place, uh, you know, is important. I think, you know, the fact that, um, you, you know, you, you mentioned about who's logging into the TMS. I mean, it used to be years ago that the main users of TMS were just a handful of people in the transportation department. Right. Right. And now you literally can have thousands of people accessing, you know, TMS, not only internally, you know, customer service people that might be looking into it, 
um, you know, uh, uh, executives that might be looking at more from a reporting standpoint. Yep. You can have carriers logging into it to look, you know, to, to accept tenders and, and so forth. You can have customers uh, looking to see whether, you know, self-servicing to understand where their freight is. Um, so I, I think having that capability and providing customers with that capability of self-service and providing them with the data and information that they're looking for to drive their internal BI and analytics uh, is something that I've seen more and more of in terms of our, uh, you know, a key benefit that they can provide their customers is, hey, we can provide you with that data, that information, that insight that you're looking for, Mr. Customer, yeah. to help you drive your uh, you know, business as, as well. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about you know, the, the implementation process. I mean, what, what are some you know, leading practices to ensure you know, a successful deployment? I mean, what's the first tab? Who should be involved? Yeah, so I mean, the implementation processes definitely have a changed over time, um, you know, and I, I did kind of do some due diligence here. Everybody has a different approach, but, you know, as we look at it, the resources that really need to be players into a successful implementation are those stakeholders. So you have your executive leadership that has the big picture. They aren't necessarily actively participating every single meeting, every single day, but they have that quality gate, that checkpoint of what the big picture is of getting a TMS. And then you have what we would say your subject matter experts. Now those may actually be individuals that come out of the business, so from operations and say finance, or you may have business, business system analysts that are representing those individuals. Um, you know, kind of as a catch-22 when you look at the business system analysts or an actual person on the floor. Um, we drive that really to the customer's benefit, you know, which one do they prefer? You know, they know their business model, they know their resources, do they feel like who they have is truly that subject matter expert? I can say when it comes down to um, user acceptance testing, when we have implemented with business system analysts, we almost go through two phases of UAT. The first phase with that group, and then the phase with the actual business. And we anticipate that into those projects. So some of the standards that you're seeing out there from an implementation perspective really can be, you know, that agile approach. And there are several different agile approaches, but Scrum is certainly one of them. Um, you know, the adaptive approach, those types of things. I think there's the Kanban. I'm trying to jog my memory here. There's several out there. Um, the one that I have been working with is kind of a combination. So we definitely work with the sprint approach um, from the scrum perspective. However, we start with the best practice. So we already have some of that up front that gives us that springboard and that going into the conversation with the customer that we're not trying to draw on the whiteboard and figure out what the solutions are. So, you know, that's Mercurygate's approach. But as a customer looking for a TMS, I would say there's always that strong recommendation that you know your business processes, you have those articulated, you know what the good aspects of those business processes are, but also be very realistic about what the negatives are. You're looking for a new TMS for a reason, and it's okay. So those are the things that you really want to, out of the gate, you collaborate on, share that information, talk about what the solution has, um, what are the milestones that are meaningful during the life cycle of the implementation? And how adaptable is it for your resources to take it? Because change management is huge with any kind of implementation. So do you have the right bodies as a subject matter expert that are going to be those change agents when you go to roll it out into the larger scale? So if you have 
multiple offices if you're doing what we would say a big bang theory do you have individuals from those offices or do you have sponsorship or are you doing multiple phases those are some of those quality gates and those consideration as you're putting that group together i think meeting on regular cadences um, not only from an implementation team but almost from a steering committee or executive sponsorship you know really can help drive the project forward on both parties um, that way you're not hung up with say you know scope creep or changes just that validation that everybody's on the same page so those really have been the most successful implementations where everybody participating feels like they are an active participant and they're contributing to the implementation to get that end result that is going to be the business driver for them yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I think that, you know, you mentioned change management and it doesn't matter if it's a TMS, a WMS, an ERP, yeah. you know, regardless of the software uh, that you're implementing, you know, that historically has always been, you know, the biggest, you know, hurdle is that, you know, people just accustomed to doing things the way they've always you mm -hmm. know, done it. And I think, you know, getting the buy-in of all the key stakeholders and, and the key stakeholders, including those people in the front lines who are going to be using the solution day in and day out you know, and, and getting their input and their feedback uh, in terms of what's important to them. How do they currently work today? What are some of the yeah. issues that they have? You know, and, and I think it's a combination of both. I mean, sometimes, you know, there are certain processes or certain ways that companies do things that make sense and this, they need to, the solution needs to a, a align and adapt to the way they currently do things because mm -hmm. there's a, a good reason for it. But I think that the customer also has to be open-minded enough to say, hey, you know, maybe the way we're doing things is not the most efficient right. or the best practice. And maybe the way the solution is set up from a best practice standpoint, maybe we should move in that direction. So I think it's a little bit of a, a give and take, you know, in terms of, you know, the coming together as a team. And again, that the, you know, we talked about 3PLs being positioned as a partner for the customers. One of the things I'm seeing as a trend is, um, you know, technology providers also being positioned right. as a partner, yeah. not only being a provider of technology, but a provider of, of best practices and insights and, and, and advice and recommendations. So that's another way that, you know, a, part, a partner, a technology pr provider can, you know, serve that partner role is being able to help educate you know, the, the customer in terms of maybe better ways of doing things for their consideration. Yeah. And it's understanding the user story, right? So um, a user story isn't, isn't going to come back and say, I need to click five times and then shift screens four times. I mean, that's not what you get when you ask for a user story. What you're going to get is as a user of a TMS, I need to quickly be able to create a load right? Whether that's manual or it coming into the application, that's the user story. The marathon or the race to get to the end of the output of that user story, you should leverage the most streamlined and effective way to get there if you're accustomed to you know, that change management. If you're accustomed to doing five steps and if I can take you down to one step, just and still meet that user story and successfully meet that user story, you know, that's, that's where that conversation really comes into play. It's like, okay, it's not necessarily what you're used to doing today, but we're taking your user story and we're trying to make you more effective and efficient. And I think having that understanding of those user stories, it's not necessarily capturing requirements. It's capturing the story behind. And then you can actually, you know, that's where that collaboration comes into play. We can collaborate and come up with the best approach. And then knowing about the change management, what will your audience be able to consume? So do you need to look at it from a multiple perspective that today we know that there may be a pushback 
with a new application. So we need to leverage, you know, what is part of the application, no matter what the application is, to avoid any customization. But maybe we need to do it this way today, knowing in a few months we're going to be able to shift and you know add in this or you know remove that and then slowly wean them into maybe that standardization that the higher management is looking for but you also have to know your audience that you're going to be doing the release for right right yeah and i think it, it, it's the difference between you know you talk about focusing on requirements or features and functions versus focusing on the objectives right yeah. well, what is it you're trying to accomplish right yeah. and sometimes you know focusing on the objectives focusing on the goals focusing on what you're trying to you know, get done should really be the focus that drives things, not mm -hmm. so much, you know, the, the features and functions specifically that, right. you know, may, may not be aligned with, with, with those objectives. Well, well, Hope, we're running uh, short on time here, so I'm just going to get, you know, uh, go right to my last question here. I mean, if I'm, if I'm a 3PL, I mean, what questions should I ask, you know, myself to assess whether, you know, my current technology is, is capable of meeting the challenges and opportunities, you know, of the market today and moving forward? Yeah, there's very few in all reality. Um, so you, as you look at your business today, everybody has growth opportunities and they have projections. Where's your plan for the near term, short term, long term, all those types of things. You need to look at what your application is and are you on track for meeting those goals with the staff you have today? Or are you looking at to grow, whether it be volume, margin, revenue, those types of things, are you going to have have to add staff in order to meet those demands because of the manual processes or those touch points. Um, the other avenue to look at it is, you know, can I add in, you know, new business, new modes, new freight types, new special handlings, take hazmat for example. Can I have that expansion capability in my application today? Or do I have to add on modules? Or do I have to go look for an outside application? Big one always is um, intermodal, um, parcel, air, ocean, international, those types of things. If those are areas or markets that you potentially want to break into, and again, just very high level, you know, those are really big items. But do you need to buy more technology to do that? You know, is your application holding you back? So it's you know, people and technology is really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's great. And I think, you know, the, the, the piece about, you know, adding staff, I mean, I think that's where, you know, going back to the value proposition of, yeah. of PMS, I mean, that's one of the, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, saving money on freight and saving money on, you know, reduction in inventory and, and so forth. But, but a big part of it really is, uh, you know, that, that doesn't get as much attention is, is just the reduction in staff, right? You're, you're able to, um, get more productivity out of the people that you already have and you're able to grow and scale without having, having to add, you know, a ton more people. And I think that's a, that's an area, you know, per one of the questions you asked, right? If you, if you're looking to expand in these areas, you know, can your technology help you get there with the staff that you currently have, or uh, do you have so many manual processes going on that you need mm -hmm. to add more and more people, uh, th therefore, you know, making it, making it difficult to cost effectively, you know, scale and grow your, your operations. Mm -hmm. Well, hope, you know, um, you know, we're out of time, but, you know, like I always say, we always just manage to scratch the topic, uh, you know, scratch the surface of these topics, but you provided some great insights and advice on this topic. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's always a pleasure to talk transportation with you. Great. Well, thank you. And I, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Mercury Gate website or on Talking Logistics, 
and you've got a question or a comment for Hope, you can post it there and she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you great. again. Great. So thank you and I uh, look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.